Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, Proverbs 518, you've already heard a little bit. It says, may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Can we get back to that kind of a statement? Can we get back in our marriages, all of us in the place where companionship and joy is, is the norm rather than the exception? Can we do anything about Satan's attacks in our homes? Can there be oneness and joy again and life in our homes? Yes, if we'll get back to pleasing God and pleasing our spouse instead of ourselves. You can't have his plan and her plan and expect your marriage to work. You need God's plan, and that only comes with a soft heart and staying in the Word of God. Today, Pastor Mark says that most couples have the sinful tendency to make sure their own needs are met at the expense of their spouse and eventually the marriage. You have the opportunity to bond and grow together when you're both on the same page of God's blueprint. And as with any well-built structure, following the designer's plan ensures a strong foundation that can stand the test of time. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Genesis, chapter 4, verse 1, with our continuing study entitled, Biblical Blueprint of Marriage. So the foundation was already shaken by Satan because Satan knew that home, that foundation could change the world. And he was after it. He loves to steal and destroy. And he did it. So now the boys are born. Anything happen in the home? We have the first murder. We have the very same kind of thing going on. So not only is he there attacking that relationship, but he's attacking the home with the boys. I want you to see this triangle. This is what it looks like in our homes today. You see, the wife has a closer relationship to God in this particular case than the husband. The husband, his relationship is going the other direction. The wife is going toward God. You can reverse it. That's true in this building tonight. There's some of you wives that are crying because when you see that, that's exactly what your home's like. You're with a guy who used to love God. He put God first. He was full on, but the cares of this world, power, possessions, pride, whatever, has removed him, his eyes are in another area. Or reversed. Some of you guys have a wife that used to be full on for God. Isn't it amazing today in our homes, in the divorces that we see today, you would have never seen this 15, 20 years ago, where the woman gives up the kids. You'd never see it today. It's pretty commonplace. Why? Because she's going to do her thing. I want to say to you tonight, if this is the marriage that you're in, 
If you're the one that's going the wrong direction, that's why you're here tonight. That's why you're here, because God's speaking to your heart right now. Get back to that balance. Get back to your full-on heart after God. Soften your heart tonight. Now, with this, there's another disaster. Not only the spiritual part in the home, but let me read you a story tonight. True story. I'm 19, and I've been dating a guy for a year and a half. He was married once, and he has a daughter. We decided to get married, but because my parents didn't approve, that caused a problem in our relationship. Then two months ago, we decided to have a sexual relationship. Since that time, he's been very different. I found out that he was having an affair at work. I confronted him. He apologized and promised never to do it again. That was a few weeks ago after that. I heard he was now again seeing his ex-wife. I want to know what I should do. I feel like he just wanted my virginity. And now, he has never any time for me. Now, some of us that are adults look at that and say, 19, what is wrong with you? You can almost kind of make fun of it. This is a hurting woman who is totally confused about life. Now, how did that happen? How does this happen? How does... Anything like this happen. Here's how. Happens in the home. The blueprint for marriage given to us by God, she's never seen. I don't know who her parents are, but I'm going to say some things that I think probably fit. She could be a home with a single parent or both, but evidently, from what we see here, they have no biblical principles. Is that uncommon in the United States today? No. Also, maybe even at a younger age, there was sexual abuse in the home. We have MTV. We have movies. We have music. We have books. We have drugs. We have alcohol. We have living together, premarital sex, homosexuality, lesbian relationships. You name it, we have it before marriage. These kids, these children, being raised in that home. Why? Because of one reason. Satan is out to destroy the home. And you say, well, that's probably an isolated case. That is not an isolated case. And if it's your daughter, you're hurting. Because that young lady is being taken advantage of by a creep. Why did it happen? Because... Somehow, the plans, the principles that I just went through with you, the, the, the six principles already that I went through with you, are not in that home. So, through her ages, as she's raised up, she doesn't know how to respond. She doesn't know that the Bible says anything. She has no clue about those things. She's honestly seeking for love. The only way she knows is the way the world tells her today. 
from MTV to the TV to the whatever. That's the norm today, guys. This is not the exception. This is the norm. And it breaks the heart of her heavenly father. And it's all around us. We have a great challenge ahead of us. Now, I want to show you some statistics to show you how that's happened in our lives. When you see that destruction in the home, 23.5% of all U.S. households are today traditional families. Married couples with children. Less than one quarter of the homes in the United States. Are we in trouble? We're in trouble. From 1990 to 2000, the number of cohabitating couples living together increased by 72%. Single father households in that same time were up 62%. Single mother homes were up 25%. So, not only are the kids coming out of those homes being destroyed, but the homes themselves are being destroyed. By what? Infidelity, affairs, adultery, spouse abuse, the absence of godly principles, unforgiveness, anger, the abuse of money, possessions, selfishness, boredom, and finally, finally, divorce. You see, it's hard. It's hard when we look at all of this. This drifting of oneness. And here's the sad fact tonight. And then I'm going to go to some very positive things. Because if I speak about this too much longer, I get depressed. Don't you? Man, it hurts. The divorce rate in the church, about equal to the world. So we come, we sing, we worship, we raise our hands, we take our Bibles, we buy our books, we listen to our tapes, and it doesn't make any difference. Something's wrong. Even in the pulpits. So who can change it? Only you. Only me. I can't change you. I can't change you and you can't change, but God can change us. We need help. Now, how does some of this happen? Let me give you a quick thing. One of it is that we begin to drift from oneness and companionship into selfishness. Many things happen over time, slowly. One spouse just simply starts to neglect the principles. That's why I go through these basic principles again. Leaving, cleaving, oneness, companionship. Just think of that word tonight. I mean, just, just stop for a second. Just stop if you're married tonight. Think of that word, companionship. How is it in your home? How is it in my home? Is my wife really my companion? You see, guys, companionship is a team. It's being glued together. It's allowing God to touch our hearts and to break up the hardness of our hearts. It doesn't just happen like A to Z. It happens A, A minus, B plus, B, B minus, C. It's just a slow Move from oneness to selfishness. Thinking more of myself. One day a man went to see his doctor. He had a mild heart attack. And the doctor took the man's wife aside and said the only thing that would prevent him having a fatal probably heart attack the next time was to remove all the stress in his life. The doctor then gave a list of things that she should do to remove the stress. He said, when you go home, you need to begin cooking him three delicious home-cooked meals every day. You need to make sure that he doesn't do any housework. You do it all. You never argue or disagree. It doesn't matter what the issue is. You cannot raise his blood pressure. You need also 
to be available for romance every night. On the way home, the husband said to his wife, What did the doctor say to you? Why did he call you away from me? What did he have to say to you? The wife said, The doctor says you're going to die. Since I've had open-heart surgery, I'm wondering about that. uh, Hmm. You see, when we read that, we laugh. But no, most, most of us, our natural sinful tendency is to make sure that my needs are met. Do you know, as I do that, how amazing, in many of the counseling sessions that I have with marriages, here's what I hear. My needs are not being met. My husband, my wife is not doing what they should be doing. So I'm not getting what I need and what I deserve. You know, the Bible says, if you really want to be happy, you can't please yourself. You have to give yourself to others. The more we try to promote myself, the less successful and happy we'll be in marriage. Think about that tonight. That's hard for all of us. It's hard for me. Now, Proverbs 518, you've already heard a little bit. It says, may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Can we get back to that kind of a statement? Can we get back in our marriages, all of us, in the place where companionship and joy is, is the norm rather than the exception? Can we do anything about Satan's attacks in our homes? Can there be oneness and joy again and life in our homes? Yes, if we'll get back to pleasing God and pleasing our spouse instead of ourselves. I want you to see to interesting plans on the overhead. I want you to look at this first plan. This first plan is my wife's plan for a home that we're building. How many ladies like this? Pretty good, eh? Let me show you on the same lot my plan that I'm building. Hmm. Now this is on the same lot, on the same foundation. Do we have a problem? Oh, we have a big problem. Why? Because my blueprint for what I think I want is a little bit different than my wife's. That's the problem in our marriages. What I need is God's blueprint. It's the Word of God. It's putting my spouse before me. Now, some of you wonder, we're not building. That was an illustration. But you know, one of the gra- I was thinking about this today. One of the greatest times we ever had was when we did build a home together in Merritt Island many years ago, Sunset Lane. We went and tore the lot up together and pulled all those crazy things out. And, and I know nothing minus six in construction. But we had a ball. And we prayed together. We got the contractors in and whatever and got the roofers in. We, we just put, we built a, and we were never really, that, that bonded us like forever. Just enjoy. Now, some couples, you got to do marriage counseling during that kind of time, but <laughs> it, it, it bonded us together because we had what? One plan that we were working on. I want to challenge you tonight. You cannot be in your marriage and have your plan and her plan. It will not work. We need God's plan. And that only comes with a soft heart and staying in to the Word of God. Now, let me show you some other things quickly. Maybe you're not married yet, and you're hearing all this, and you're going, you've got to be kidding me. 
I'm staying single my whole life. No, it's not that bad, but... I have to say that, because look at the next statement. God designed marriage takes a lot of what? Hard work. How many of you think that marriage does take hard work? Let me see your hands. I read a respected family counselor, and I, I saw it today. I'm going to probably write him a letter. He says, if, if you're doing marriage the way God wants, there's no hard work involved. I'm not sure what he means by that. I just want to say this. Normally, there's a lot of hard work involved because there's a lot of self that has to get out of the way. Now, you say, well, how long does hard work last? How long have you been married? Is that right? It's right. But it's the most enjoyable in the world. Listen to this quote. Very successful couple. After 25 years of being married, we still struggle for every tiny step of progress we make on the path toward marital joy. Personal woundedness, personal differences, and the pressures of life compound our challenges. But listen to this. It's not negative. Listen to this. But we pray. We talk. We seek counsel. We discipline ourselves. We grow. We change. We compromise. We apologize. We confess. We adjust our expectations. We remind ourselves of our commitment. We look to the future and we refuse to give up because in this area, we are married for life. See, it's hard sometimes. As we even heard today, there's these seasons of lives. Man, it's tough. But we're committed. And we have God's power in our life. And we will not fail if we allow God to help us. The we, the we, the we, the we. Now, this is also for you students, teenagers, divorced people that are looking again or for the first time to marry a godly spouse. All of these qualities that I've given you on these lists are found in the book of Proverbs. So, husband, here's part of your homework assignment. Go through these this week. This is your little checkoff list. Now, it is not your wife's checkoff list for you. Because we can't change each other. One of the keys, if you're single tonight, or if you're divorced and re-looking to get married, one of the keys is this. You want a husband who fears God and is obedient to his word. Or you want a wife that fears God and is obedient to. You don't want somebody in name only as a Christian. What a disaster we see that being over and over. You date them long enough to know they have a heart for God. Because it won't get easier. It gets more difficult. And when you're there, you want husband and wife praying together, bonded together, going by God's blueprint, not their own. Now... I have the homework. Get your pens out. Here's the homework for the week. Marriage, single, to divorce. I already told you about this. You evaluate yourself in the light of these verses. Say, God, I want to be a wise husband. I want to be a wise wife. Show me. Now, don't go through there and say, well, Pastor Mary, there's only one that I'm doing good at. I'm discouraged. No, just pick one. Let the Holy Spirit pick one area that he can begin dealing with you on. We can't take that whole list. That's a lifetime. Pick one. Ask God's help. He'll begin helping us. Second. If you are married and you're here tonight, by the way, that's for singles or divorced people, that first thing. If you are married here, get together and just, just simply ask yourselves, are we building our life with the same plan, with the same goal? Are we headed, are we headed in the same direction? Is that happening in our, in our marriage? Then 
Proverbs chapter 5, the whole week, especially verse 15 through 21. And then lastly, have some fun. Pick a night. As I said, go somewhere else. Do something totally different. Just, just enjoy each other. Enjoy yourself. Now, there's one more verse, and I, I end with this. Amos 3.3 3 says this, and this has tremendous application. It says this, Do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so. That certainly is for Christians, husband and wife, church boards, you name it, it's there. But I think it has another application just as powerful. Can two walk together unless they agree? In your life as a human being, you were created to know God, to fellowship with God, to worship God, to obey God, and lastly, which so many of you don't get, to enjoy God. It's a wonderful relationship. Life is made to walk with God. That's what it's about. He guides our steps. The Word tells us how to do it. He puts the Holy Spirit in us to empower us, and we just walk with God. That's what life's all When it gets tough, we go, God help. Remember, Jehoshaphat turned and said, God, man, we don't know which way to go, but my eyes are on you. That's what life is. I recognize that I need God. The smartest thing you'll ever do in your life is admit that. Now, when you admit it, there's a problem. Because my sin has separated me from this relationship with God. And there's only one person that can bond us together. And it's right back here. It's the cross. It's Jesus Christ. So what you need to do tonight in your life, and some of you, it's bigger than your marriage. But it involves your marriage. You'll never find success in your marriage, your business, or any area of life until you reestablish your walk with God. That's called repentance. That's saying, I sinned. I've gone my own direction. Some of you out here are walking your own way. You're just doing your own thing. You're just walking your own way. It's time to come back to God. And the way you do that is to acknowledge He's God. You're not. You've sinned, and Jesus Christ is the way. If you don't have that relationship with God, if you don't know when you walk out of this building tonight that you would go to heaven, see, and there's only one way to go there. It's not by being a church member. It's not by being a great husband, a great wife. It's by you have asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart. He rules. He reigns there. And you begin walking with God. Then your marriage will get right. Then your business will take place. Then life will have purpose. Nothing makes sense unless you're in relationship with God. Do it. Do it. And your life will change. Then you can enjoy. You know you can enjoy God. As we conclude this portion of Pastor Mark's series, keep in mind what we just learned. A good marriage starts with a man in fellowship with God. He designed it to include him, and unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Marriage involves oneness, learning to live together as a team, united towards the same goal. Remember, if we're going to ever do this part of our life right, we have to do it with Him and on His terms. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks, Tracy. The message number from today's broadcast is 4021, and the title of this message is Biblical Blueprint of Marriage. Again, today's message number is 4021, and the title of this message is Biblical Blueprint of Marriage. Now, who remembers the Etch-A-Sketch? If you didn't have the privilege of owning this totally cool drawing tool, you probably at least played with one while at your friend's house or in the toy aisle at the local home goods store. They were either a source of satisfaction for the artistically inclined or the root of frustration for the creatively challenged. Make sure to tune in next time to find out how this blast from the past can define and relate to your life today. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the book of Proverbs. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Here